0: the view of human nature is is important hmm. and part of what self-determination theory does is it says okay well let's not just kind of come up with a compelling story but let's actually research it let's mm-hmm. spend four decades <laughs> right. you know answering those exact questions what happens when we support people's autonomy versus we act in a controlling yeah. way and and they've showed over and over and over and over <laughs> that supporting autonomy leads to better outcomes and in every single context. They've tested it with adults. They've tested it with kids. They've tested it with uh, elite athletes. They've tested it in weight loss programs. They've tested it in school with kids, in college, in in elementary school. I mean, on and on. They've tested it in the home. So it's pretty like there's a, a robust degree of scientific psychological literature showing that this is actually helpful because this self-actualizing tendency really does exist Mm -hmm. it's not just a nice thing to think positively about people it's like no this actually exists and and if we align ourselves with it magic happens For most of human history, people have parented the way their parents and grandparents did with culture providing the cues. We call this Parenting 1.0.
1: For various reasons, parents began to question these approaches and we started turning more and more to so-called experts to learn to parent. This was the beginning of Parenting 2.0. This allowed for some real advances but also a lot of confusion as we got further and further away from our natural parenting instincts.
0: Parenting 3.0 is about reclaiming those instincts and integrating them with our current understanding of child development. It brings together the wisdom of the past with the best scientific and psychological research of the present.
1: Parenting 3.0 isn't a fad or a quick fix. It's a set of principles that allows us to engage with our kids and life from an informed and empowered place.
0: I'm Jai Flicker.
1: And I'm Deb Blum.
0: Welcome, welcome to, to parenting, parenting 3.0. Hi everyone, welcome back. Welcome to part two of our talk on self-determination theory, where today we're going to be talking about motivation. And um, this is such a, a interesting and really important Topic because there's so much of parenting, of course, that deals with trying to get our kids to do things. And so how do we motivate them to do those things, um, whether it's because we want them to do it for us or w- whether we want them to do it for them? Um, so motivation is such an important topic. And, and the reality is almost nobody understands it. Like, almost the conventional wisdom on motivation is wrong. It couldn't Mm. be worse. Mm. (laughs) It's so off. It's crazy.
1: I agree.
0: The more I've learned about it, the more I've realized this. And to the point where I just, I can't believe. it, It kind of explains why the, you know, there's so many failed attempts in my own history at getting myself to do things because I was operating with a terrible (laughs) blueprint of (laughs) understanding. So self-determination theory does a beautiful job of, of explaining motivation. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the, one of one example, and this is just the tiniest of teasers that the the, between like the difference between how they describe motivation and how most people think about it is that most people think about motivation as sort of like we either have a lot of it or a little or none. And they obviously that's, that's true that happens, but they talk about different types of motivation Mm. and that right there, it's just game changing. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to talking about all this. But before we dive in, you were just starting to say something about your own prep process. (laughs) And I'm really curious. I I said, stop, stop, let's save it for the (laughs) podcast. And so I'm super curious to hear what you were gonna say. Mm.
1: so, well I think think I started off by saying that I'm excited for this because I I think that I have operated, like say the first 35 years of my life I operated definitely in the place of like I had to, it was a willful thing, like I had to, like if I wanted something I had to put my mind to it and I had to do it, I had to set a goal and I had to reach that goal. So, I was when you were talking before we started recording, I was thinking, gosh, I have a lot to learn here. And so then I said to you, my husband and I jumped in the car, and it was on Monday, and we were going to run some errands, and it was a holiday, and we were running some errands. And I said, hey, in preparation for my recording with Jai on Wednesday, let's talk about motivation. <laughs> and so I said, So I just started to ask him questions like, how did, you know, what's his experience with motivation? How, why is it so hard for us, like, for example, to commit to going to the gym? Like, right now, the two of us are on a really great, uh, we're on a roll and we have Monday, Wednesday, Saturdays, we go to the gym and we go together relatedness. And it does help. There's no question, it really helps. And so, but I, I I said to him, you know, countless times we've made these commitments, we do it and we do it for a while and then it drops off. Like why we, it feels like it's really important to me. I feel really self-endorsed around it. I feel like I go to the gym, I'm super competent and capable. There's no reason why, you know, why this shouldn't work for me. And yet it's hard. So when we talked about it, I mean, we were both just, we were like kind of bantering about, about things like, um, having a, like a, Uh, How did he put it? Hmm. I said like a bigger, like a bigger vision. He said the end game, like having the end game in mind helps. And, you know, knowing that like we're doing this for our health, knowing that we feel better. So remembering that we feel better when we work out and trying to hold that. So like when we leave the gym, we try to hold on to the feeling that we have and like try to so that we can we talk about it. When we leave the gym, we talk about how good it feels and how we're so happy we went. And so I have to believe that there's something about like training our brain to 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 remember that. And then he talked about like that there's only so much time in a day, and like this idea of like you're you're weighing out, like um like you're making choices, and sometimes like like I said to him like when I'm laying on the couch, and then he says, "Do you want to go to the gym?" You know, he's coming in from work, and I I'm like. Oh my gosh, no! Like, there's no part of me that wants to go to the gym right now. Not even like the tiniest, itidiest, biddiest parts. But then, you know, I will say to myself, "But I know I want to go. Like, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to regret it later. I know that I'm going to, I'm going to wish I went. And that's only an hour. In one hour, I'm going to be so glad I went. And then, you know, I also know that he's kind of counting on me, so I motivate myself, right? So all those things are happening. And I'm thinking to myself, but I still don't even under, I don't understand motivation. Like I, I don't fully, I I guess I understand it intellectually, but I don't exactly know what I'm doing. And it was only in this conversation that I started to even get a glimpse into the types of dynamics that are going on, like things in my head, things in my heart, you know, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: like, so I truly feel excited to not only learn from you because I do you feel like this part of self, self-determination theory? Like, I, I think that you, because of what you do with your students, you're constantly motivated to, like, huh, you're motivated. Mm. <laughs> so, we, oh, so the other thing that came up was, I, we were questioning whether, I, whether it was easier to motivate, to apply mo- the question of motivation to ourselves, or is it easier to apply the question of motivation to how we motivate others? And you were hypothesizing that maybe it's easier for you to do it for others because you do it with your students all the time. And I thought, oh, that's really helpful because I know for me, I couldn't even tell you like what I do, say, like to motivate my kids. I don't know what I consciously do or did because I don't know that I play as big of a part, but like what I did to cultivate their own motivation. So I feel like there's like a lot to be said here and I'm excited to hear yeah, I'm excited to, to hear about it. And I'm also hoping for some some like examples of things that you've experienced with your students to um, really let it land for me and others. I mean, if you gave me the silver bullet yeah. for working out at the end of our recording, that would be awesome. Hmm. <laughs> but I'm not sure I can count on that. Cause <laughs> I still think a lot of it depends on me. <laughs>
0: right I'm thinking about that that is a, that is a good challenge I mean I'm what I'm what I kind of want to do is um sort of role play the moment of you being on the couch like let's say you're you're let's say you don't have the benefit of Mike coming to you and saying hey let's go because because mm. I think that's you know you already said it has to do with relatedness at the very least. And I can imagine myself in that situation, just not wanting to go, but already committing, having committed to my wife. And so going like, all right, okay, honey, okay, I'm going to go. And I sort of drag myself along and the motivation to like follow through on my sort of agreement with her would be enough. Yeah. But where it's harder for me is if I don't have that outside Mm-hmm. If I'm just on the couch and I'm thinking, oh, I should go work out. And I'm... So I'm imagining that would be the yeah. same for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. So here's what I would do with a student, okay? And it, it would it would basically be about... And you kind of mentioned this before um, we started recording about holding space. This is something, mm-hmm. right? So so like you're there and you're kind of going, I oh, really am just so comfortable here. I don't want to go. And so I would just... There's a there's a technique I think we've maybe mentioned before about motivational interviewing. It's sort of in that vein, although I think I did this before I even understood that theory. Where you where you invite the person to just sort of articulate what they're really what they're um, interested in and what they care about. Mm. So so I might say something like, Okay, so I get it. You are really comfortable right now. Yeah. Just kind of hanging out on the couch. Mm-hmm. But you're also thinking about possibly going to work out. Is that. Yeah. Am, I yep. am I getting it? Yeah. Am I getting it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Totally.
0: And what are you at this time? Are you feeling more drawn to do?
1: Hmm. So are we doing a real role? Play? Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking hmm, at this point definitely as soon as you bring it up to me yeah and you call it out yeah i think the first thing i'm feeling yeah is real like i'm having a little relief of being like met like that you you didn't just come in to me and tell me like i need to um go to the gym you didn't try to motivate me with like come on Get up and go to the gym. <laughs> like, you weren't like a drill sergeant with nope. me. I'm appreciating yeah. that for a moment. So, yeah. I'm definitely feeling connected and like that you see me. Cool. And that you're appreciating that, like, I could be holding two things at one time.
0: That's what it seems like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, I'm now, all, I'm also now kind of feeling a little bit like um, I'm probably. Feeling a lot of the pull to stay on the couch. There's like the inertia of just like, hmm, I really want it. But I'm also now like entertaining this, this idea of like the bigger thing I really want to accomplish, which is I'm really trying to hold true to my commitments to myself Hmm. for one. Hmm. And for two, I'm trying to be healthy. Like, I really want to be healthy. I'm trying really hard to hold my longer view mm. of what is important to me.
0: That you sounds know? important to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I am I feel like working out is part of, like, a bigger goal of mine. Cool. Yeah.
0: And so... It it sounds to me, honestly, like there's uh, a lot of self-care behind that larger vision.
1: I would say there is. Hmm. But I didn't really think of it that way. I think I was thinking of it more... Hmm. That's really a soft way to look at it. I think I was really like, I still was having the like, you, you should do this. This is what you do when you want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really being very loving in the way that I'm presenting it to myself. Like now that you're going through this with me, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of still tough on myself.
0: Mm. What do you mean?
1: I have the, the, I'll tell you, even my language is I'll drag myself to the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm going to drag myself. Like Mm -hmm. I don't gently Mm -hmm. like bring my, I don't like stand by my myself as a friend and like say, let's go play together. We're going to go to the gym. I drag myself to the gym.
0: How does the part of you that gets dragged feel about that?
1: The part that gets dragged definitely does not feel on board. Yeah. It feels like a little bit like I'm, it is not, um, the language I'm the other part of me is using is clearly not autonomy supportive. <laughs> I am like, there is one there is a part of me that is like, let's go. Let's go to the gym. This will be great. Like we want to do this. This is what we're gonna do because we wanna be healthy. And the other part of my, my me my being is actually in disagreement. Doesn't want to, feels like it's too much. I'm tired. And um, stop making me go.
0: Yeah. Mm. I totally get that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't like being made to do things either. Yeah. So is the part of you that doesn't want to go? I mean, when you say I'm tired, I mean, that can mean multiple things. It can mean just like I'm feeling kind of tired in this moment. Or it could mean a deeper thing of like, I'm actually you know, I've been running around really wor- going hard, working hard, and I, I kind of need some downtime, like that would be really restorative. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if when, when that part of you that's kind of um, not feeling dragged to the gym, if when that part of you is saying, I'm tired, if, if it's more of a sort of a temporary tiredness in the moment, or if it's more of a, a deeper... Mm-hmm. Ne- level of, of tiredness where you kind of need mm. some real downtime.
1: Hmm. It just goes to another layer of like real appreciation for like the self care of that, like how much more loving that feels and how, um, my answer to you would be, f- well, my first reaction to it is that I would want to ask myself that question whenever i say that i'm tired and not and i don't want to go to the gym because i like the idea that it could sometimes be that it's probably the better thing is not to go to the gym because it is more restorative but i can tell you that for the most part these days because i take such good care of myself in so many other ways and i try really hard not to let myself run ragged and because i don't have younger children who make that i used to run more ragged um that I most of the time, it is much more of a momentary feeling too tired to go. And so then, and that's probably why I don't even allow myself to ask the question. It's like I just am like, no, you need to go to the gym, you know? And, but when I imagine myself asking the question and then saying, oh, huh, I'm not like just exhausted, I'm not spent. I'm not you know, I don't need a restorative hour. I actually would probably feel more energy if I went to the gym. You know, I mean Mike does say to me often, he says, Um, you know that like you're you know you'll feel he just reminds me, you know you'll feel better. Like you always feel better after you go to the gym. And so then that other part of me I think starts to I, but I wanted to say there's a little part of me in here, like just a little nuanced piece that feels like... um, What's the word? I'm, I want to make sure I'm giving the right word for it. Like, um, I have like a guilt or something in there of like that... Like, it's like I'm wrong for not wanting to go to the gym and then I, don't, I, don't, I haven't examined it enough like we're examining right now so I didn't, I didn't examine the part of me that's like allowing some choice because I was so rigidly fixed on the idea that it would be wrong for me to not want to go to the gym I haven't allowed any spaciousness to examine all the layers of what holds me back from being enthusiastically interested in going to the gym or allowing myself the choice not to it's like I don't have any room in there. It's like, you know, you go to the gym or else if I don't go to the gym, then it was bad. So I'm really appreciating that. Yeah, it feels really like spacious and um gentle and self like self love like it's like self love. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So is there are there any other Are there any other reasons or motivations on the side that has been historically feeling dragged to the gym? Is that, does that part of you have any other reasons why it doesn't want to go to the gym?
1: Yeah. So, um, the other one is like, if I'm working and I'm in the middle of something, i have this idea that what i'm doing is so important it's more important than going to the gym so something i'm doing is more important than going to the gym because like you know the gym can't always rule (laughs) (laughs) but it's like almost but it's like a sabotaging thing like Mm. a like it's a better excuse like the sit, the laying on the couch kind of feels well, like not a Well, let's stay with the excuse. laying on the
0: couch for just for this one. Okay. I totally. Oh, hear you what mean you're another? Saying.
1: Oh, yeah. I see. At that moment, I'm yeah. laying on the couch. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, so I'm laying on the couch.
0: You're feeling tired, but it's more of a temporary kind of just like you're comfortable. You're not like Yeah, I'm comfortable. You're not exhausted.
1: Right. Not exhausted. It's just sort of like it's cold out. Yeah. You know, all these yeah. reasons why sure. it's just nice to
0: stay
2: there. Right. You're
1: comfortable. No, I mean, a thing that goes through my head is that I won't have the physical energy to do it. To do what? To go to the gym. Like, it's kind of like I'm so relaxed that I I can't, like, I'm unable to visualize that I'm going to have the energy. Mm -hmm. But... It feels like that one gets freed up even in this question of "Am I exhausted or am I just momentarily tired?" Because as soon as I go to the place I'm not exhausted, I'm not just like I'm not just in need of a restorative, you know, time. I kind of go to the place like I know. I know that if I'm just tired in this moment and I'm just kind of feeling like I, yeah, I mean, the word I use is I feel lazy. You know, that's mm-hmm. the word I'm using. I just feel lazy and uncomfortable. Yeah. But no, I actually think that's a big one. What you just described, what you just walked me through was actually exactly the part that I feel like changed something in me to make me feel like I have the space to be to become self endorsed. Like I'm not I'm not just dragging myself anymore and I can have a conversation with like the parts of me that are in conflict. Yeah. You know, like I can be in the place of saying, Hey, wait a second, like deb like we've got the two parts (laughs) the one that doesn't want to go and the one that kind of wants to go and like but like slow down time so i don't have to rush just be like we talk about like when we're with our kids and our kids need a moment and they need to they need a moment for us to just be with whatever their experience is it's like i need to take a moment and say no it's not like there are two options here there's not the option of like um, I'm gonna rebel against going to the gym or I'm gonna drag myself to the gym. Those aren't the only two up. Neither one of those are, are actually very like self-caring ideas. They're both really like rigid. It's like I've either done it wrong or I've done it right or I've you know and I'm like doing it because like, the world says I'm supposed to do it. instead of slowing down and just saying, wait a second here, like we've got like some some inner conflict. That's cool, I'm with you, right? Like, it's like, I (laughs) wanna be like, I'm with me. I'm like, I'm with me, like, all right. Like, it makes complete sense why I I would be where I am. And then entering into a little bit of the, like, inquiry, as you did with me, to say like, okay, what's going on? Like, you know, so you're feeling a little tired. Like, like, is this one of those times where it would make more sense for us to get a cup of tea and sit on the couch with a book? You know, is that what I really need right now? Or is it like not really like, you know, like I'm pretty well rested (laughs) and I think that going to the gym would be the best thing for me and I would feel best if I would do that. That's pretty, that would be a pretty different way for me to look at me as it relates to the gym.
0: Yeah. And, and, and in just to finish the sort of like role play of it, you know, it's like, you know it after after opening that dialogue that inner inquiry dialogue up i mean does the part of you that is feeling comfortable have any interest in going to the gym hmm.
1: the one that the one that was the one that was wanting to oh the one that's comfortable on the couch yeah so. yeah um, hmm yeah yes so the part of me that's laying on the couch wants is highly motivated to be healthy and in shape Mm -hmm. so I can for sure see the part that's like yeah yeah there's definitely a part of me that is very interested in going. It's like um, it's a little bit like there's this the the actual like breaking the like I'm comfortable and I'm cozy and that like it's all it really needs is for me to get off the couch. And as soon as I get off the couch and I go grab my sneakers, I'm kind of in a different mindset and now I'm going and that's good.
0: So you could say, well, would you be willing? I'm speaking to the part of you that's the most comfy on the couch. Would you be willing to go get your sneakers?
2: Mm.
1: I like that. I loved, it. you know, it's funny. <laughs> one of my, you know, my, one of my favorite sayings that I say to people is, what? would you be willing? That's yeah. what yeah. i mean, I, Once I learned that phrase, you know, you have to be, of course, when you ask somebody that you have to be willing for them to say no.
0: A hundred percent. You can't
1: be like coercively asking would agree. you be willing, right? Couldn't
2: agree
1: more, yes. <laughs> right. And so I'm very careful. Like when I use that phrase because I only use that business. phrase when I'm like right. <laughs> but I like it because um that is such a cool gosh, you know, I am this is fascinating to me because I would probably do more of this with another person That's than I what would I was with saying. me. I know, I know, I like I'm knowing I'm seeing it <laughs> now. Like I'm so it. much more patient with like another person who is You know, and I would be, I would invite somebody to do like a small step because I see where you're going with like, if I just, if all I was committing to was going to get my sneakers, it's like, all right, that's one step. And I get to decide after that. I can still decide. I don't want to go to the gym.
0: That's right.
1: I have the freedom. And that's pretty um now that you're saying it to me i probably do a little bit of that like i'll just be like all I'm right Dad, sure. just like get oh, off oh, the couch and go." Even. yeah like i'll be like all right just go get your sneakers on if you still don't want to go after you've done that then don't go mm-hmm. i still am not very loving about it though i so i'm appreciating the little just the tweak in the way sure, that i'm handling sure. it yeah and i'm also just appreciating the consciousness around you're just saying to me would you be willing to just do the one first step you know, and you're not even asking me like that that needs to lead somewhere. Like I know you well enough that you're just literally saying like would you be willing to just go put on your sneakers? Yeah. So, yes. I would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how does it feel?
1: Well, it feels good. It feels good. I think it feels partially good because I know that I'm still able to then go back to the couch if I want. You know, like I haven't. I haven't said to myself I'm going to the gym. I just said to myself I'm putting my sneakers on. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So you know, now I have to get up. I'm already. I've already like dealt with it. Now I'm. I'm colder. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to find my shoes and I'm putting them on. At this point, I'm definitely feeling a lot more like. Yeah. Like I feel like it's not as big of a gap to to travel like between now I have my shoes on to getting to the gym it doesn't feel as big as it did when I was on the couch that's what I'm feeling right now
0: yeah okay so now you're you have your shoes on yep do you go yes there you go
1: yep (laughs) I do because I do I mean I do once you're kind of in the or... mo-
0: in the mo- motion of doing it, it's kind of like, all right, whatever. The resistance really yeah re- re- reduces a lot there. And I use this with my high school kids with with homework when they're they're really not wanting to do it. And and I'll just say, I'll say different things, but one of the m- m- classic interactions is I say um. Well, a lot of times, the anticipation of the homework is a lot worse than mm-hmm. the actual experience of it. Now, there's a, there's a sort of common version of this, which then just jumps to, so get over it. Yep. Which, it's like on this good path, and then it falls off.
1: Well, that's a little bit what it is for me with the gym.
0: Exactly.
1: I'm sort of like, you know, yeah. of course you don't want to go Once to the gym. Once you be just fine. Go. Just yep. get the... Yeah.
0: F off the couch.
1: Exactly, and that's the drag, and then I'm dragging myself <laughs> yeah. off the yeah. couch, and it, it goes, doesn't have any. It doesn't work. It's not that self-endorsed, no. and it does sort of like that's have the that. Problem. Yeah.
0: So okay, so with the homework, I'll say, oftentimes the 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 experience of doing it is not as bad as the anticipation. So what I want I want to invite you, this is that 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 goes to the willingness. I want to invite you to try something. I want you to do kind of like i want you to be sort of scientific about this and i want you to just like do a few problems and 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 then we'll stop and see on a scale of one to ten how painful it was
2: hmm.
0: would you would you be willing to do that mm-hmm. are, are you open to that and usually i i don't think i've ever had a student say no because now they're kind of curious like mm-hmm. how painful is this yeah. really? you know <laughs> and so then I'll say okay so go ahead and just do a few problems and then and then just kind of and then I'll check in with you in a, in a minute or two so then they do it and then I'll be like okay so how was it like how painful on a scale of one to ten and the answers typically range I mean there's you know in, in advance they're like oh god I really don't want to do this mm. you know and then they're, they're like uh, that was like a three the, t- the answers range from two to four yeah like I mean if the, if it's like it's usually a two or a three though hmm. and then I'm like okay well and and at that point they're just already it's kind of like they've already got their shoes on yep they've, got their they've shoes already on. started the thing and yep. and and I've used this analogy just in this same context I said you know it's kind of like riding a bike hmm. like the like to get going takes a lot of effort, but once you're rolling along, it takes a, a lot less effort mm-hmm. to keep yourself going. Yeah. And um, And so You know, yeah. that's true. Once they're once they've got, done even two math problems or three math problems, and then they're kind of like, okay, whatever. This isn't so bad.
1: Yeah. So when you're in that situation <clears throat> and they say this to you, like, I don't want to do my homework. Yeah. Um, like one of the things that was helpful for me was you empathizing with it. I could have like almost like these two conflicting things happening.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, do you do that with your students? Or totally. Yeah. So yeah. you might say to them like. I might
0: say, well, don't.
1: Yeah. That's even, that's kind of cool too, right? Because you just kind of gave them like, they're all of a sudden now the ball's in their court, right? It's like you're, you're allowed. I totally
0: sided with the part of them that normally is being kind of marginalized. Yeah. Right. I'm like, well, don't then. It usually, I usually use this technique when it's studying for a test, not just a little homework assignment. It's when the stakes are bigger. They go, oh my God, I, I do. They have the test. I know they have the test tomorrow and they're like, I do not want to study for this test. I go, well, maybe you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, what? I go, well, if you don't want to do it, I mean, you don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, but I do have to. I have a test tomorrow. I go, well, you don't have to. You don't have to. They're like, yeah, but if I don't study for the test, I'm not going to do well on it. Mm. I go, well, yeah, that's true. And in Mm. that moment, they go, but I want to do well on this test. Uh, I I go, I hear you. I I go, well, it's up to you. And they're like, no, I want to study for this. I go, great. Mm -hmm. Well, let me help you.
1: Oh, I you know, what, you know what I just love? I want to just call out like a couple of well, things that sure, I'm sure. Well, One is that I did you before we planned on this t- talking about motivation, did you know we were going to talk about parts like this? No. Okay, I had no idea. And I but I'm having like this real appreciation for that as like a framework for motivation right now, because. There, I don't mean, like, a big framework. I'm just saying for this yeah, piece yeah. of it. like, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, I feel like that is what... That really is what's happening inside of... I'm, I'll speak for me. Like, that's what's happening inside of me. There are these, like, almost like these two parts, and they're coming up against each other.
0: Yeah.
1: But that... I've felt that I've been taught that like you don't listen to the one that doesn't want to. you just override that. Yeah. And so what I hear you saying is that when you when you you give voice, and you said this, but I'm just reiterating, please, like you please, give yeah. voice to the the student, you you give voice to the part of them that never, ever gets to get spoken. They never get to really say no yeah so inside that voice is like going like no 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 but they're like they're constantly having their hand put over their mouth you know mm. they're like no no yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah and uh it's being stifled it's
1: being stifled and by them and by their parents and by school and by society like there's all these ways that it's just like we are not allowed to not want to do the things that we should do in the world we're really not allowed to. That's
0: how it, that's how we're that's made how it to feels. feel, right? So that's sure. how
1: we. And so now, what we're what, what I feel like we're we're like saying is we're saying like, no, 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 like actually that voice needs to be heard as well. It doesn't mean that you won't do something, you know. Ju- like it's like we almost have to have like faith <clears throat> in our our desire to like, do the right thing, you know, I put that in air quotes, because that's, you know, up for discussion of what that is. But like, in my case, doing the right thing could be a restorative tea on the couch with a blanket, or it could be going to the gym. It's not as if there's some dogmatic thing. Yeah. And so there's something, there's just something about this that feels really freeing for people to know that they have a couple, probably hundred voices, but let's just go with two for the moment, two voices that are saying contradictory things that cause them to be in conflict with themselves.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just anecdotally, I've, I've, I've done this for years. You know, it's not a super common thing, but I've done it a dozen times maybe over the years. And the outcome has always been the same. There's never been a time when I've said, well maybe, you sh-, I said, you don't have to study. There's literally never been a time where the student says, good point, I'm not. I'm. Yeah. They've always, every single time said the same thing. It's almost it's almost weird how yeah identical the, the yeah. responses are. They're like, but if I don't do well, if I don't study, I won't do well, and I wanna do well, so I guess I do wanna study actually. And then they've taken ownership, they brought that part of them in, And they've realized because because the language around it really does matter they're there but most of the time kids are going like oh god I have to study for this instead of I want to study for this even if it's gonna be challenging I want to Mm -hmm. and so by by sort of I think of it as sort of playing chicken you know Mm -hmm. like you're gonna go off the cliff And you're expecting someone to stop you. And what if I say, no, I'm not going to, because you know what? You're allowed to, Mm
2: -hmm. it's not going to
0: be catastrophic, but you might get a little injured, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not going to do it. But I'm here to, I'm here to talk you, talk you through that decision-making process. Mm. And it turns Mm. out kids aren't crazy. Mm, I know. Like I, 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 I did this with my, I don't know how old she was at the time one year old somewhere between 12 and 18 month year old you know she's we have a door stoop and it's like a step down onto this is gonna endanger me with cps
1: no she was crawling towards the door right the open
0: door and um and i had learned that you know babies will not go over the edge of of drops because they have that built in instinct. And I, I wanted to sort of see if that was true. (laughs) I was pretty sure it was an
1: experiment with our children
0: and also allow her to start to, um, like exercise that, Sort of self preservation instinct, mm-hmm. so that in the event that the door was left open and we weren't just right there, that I had some level of confidence that she wouldn't just tumble over. Yep. So I let her crawl up to the edge of this of the threshold, and I was standing like crouched over her with my hands sure. like an inch away. And I let her crawl up, and it was amazing. She crawled up. And she like leaned over and was like really looking at it, and and I was like, oh, is she leaning too far. Nope, she didn't. She was leaning just far enough to like be really curious but not fall, and she just hung out there. And um, so I felt like it was a safe, controlled experiment that allowed right. me to understand her capacity better, and for her to understand her own capacity better.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, and I think that's you know obviously one specific example, but. I think it applies to, you know, a lot of different situations, like choosing whether to study for a test or not.
1: Yep. It, it's, there's still something in there that I really want to, that I want to call out, which is the belief in, it's not just the belief in that we're going to do the quote unquote right thing. There is something about believing in like, you have probably better words for this. like our like the human, it's like something about being human, like that there is a way that we like know our limits, that we know that we know what we want in life. and it's it's the it's almost like what interferes with us reaching our human potential, whether it be physically, to not hurt ourselves, or whether it be to choose the things that are best for us, the thing that interferes with that is all of the shoulding that happens in the world. It's all the expectations that are put on us by an outside. If we were allowed to truly be free, to do what we like, what we want to do, if you will, I I actually had this real hunch that like we would choose things that were really good for us. And, but it's it's all this uh, like outside imposition that happens, you know, we're being opposed upon and imposed upon. And so I, I think that there's something important in here about people having faith in us. Like if there's one thing that I would say about you as a human being is that you, my experience of you is that you have a true belief in me. It's getting me a little welled up here. Mm. But you have a belief in me that um, sometimes when I'm not believing in myself, you're believing in me. And for me, that's been something that is so important to me in our friendship, you know? And it's like a marker for like the people who are... who I want to be around you know like I want to be around people who really have faith in my process like they don't feel I'm broken they believe that I have the capacity and the capability to you know to do good to make good choices and I really believe you are that with your that way with your students and that calls them it calls them to something greater you know And I want to call it out because I really believe that if I look at my children and what I think has been super helpful for them and for our relationship and for their motivation actually has been that I always believe in them, always. I always see something for them that they might not even yet see for themselves and I'm always... I feel like it's almost like I'm I'm like on th- in this other place and I'm calling, you know, I said this to you another time recently, so I feel like this is like right there for me. It's like I'm calling their soul or something like that. I'm kind of like, you know, you, you are completely able to make this choice and I'm not here telling you what you need to do and I'm also holding that I just see, I see for you, you know, I can see in you like that human potential. I can see your potential and yeah and so i just like i always believe in that my kids are going to do what's best for them i just believe in it and then it's like i'm allowed to let go then from the idea that i have to be like 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 coercing them into doing something it's not like i never feel that the pressure to coerce them sometimes i really want to coerce them believe me like and i do I mean, and sometimes i do coerce who doesn't them. love to
2: coerce <laughs> i
1: know Who doesn't like a little coercion here <laughs> Right. and 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 sometimes I don't even know I'm doing it. It's unconscious, and I'm sure, coercing sure, them, sure, and it sure. happens yeah. for sure., yeah. but, like, in my best times, there's no question that,
0: yeah, you
1: know I'm holding that. And because I experience it with you so so powerfully, I really like can see why that's so helpful for mm. another human mm. being. yeah, you know, yeah, so it's like, but it's a part that I didn't think i under I don't think I understood about motivation until this moment. You know, that yeah. there's something about, like, really, like, when you did that with your daughter, you, like, had faith that you really believed that that was all going to work out great.
0: Yeah, I and did. I have a I belief she was knew- almost certain, in fact. I was like, I'm, I'm, like, the only reason, not the only reason, one of the reasons I was as vigilant about putting my hands one inch away from her and being just right there and just ready to pounce was because not because i didn't believe that she would do it i mean there was there was that's a part of it but it was also because if something did happen um i would have i felt like i would have been pilloried by you know other people for even being so reckless as to believe in my kid
2: <laughs> right
0: so i was i was actually to if I'm totally honest was was guarding against that as much as I was actually more I was guarding against that than 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 guarding against her falling because I was like so sure she wouldn't do it cuz I I would seen I'd read the literature I'd seen the experiments where they have the, the the experiment they ran which is probably more ethical especially when you're dealing with other people's infants is mm-hmm. they would have a table mm mm-hmm. A surface that they were on or, and and then they would have a glass pane mm-hmm. In the middle of the table and the and it was clear so that the kids would crawl up and then mm. see the floor through the thing And then they wouldn't go over it But even if mm. they did they would just obviously go on the glass right. and so it wouldn't have they wouldn't have fallen There was no chance for them to fall, right. but but they that they Ran that experiment and they they said oh, no babies don't c- crawl over edges So I was like, okay we should be fine here yeah but obviously i'm Mm -hmm. gonna make sure Mm -hmm. but but yeah that pressure of of like how like it seems like a a reckless thing to do to believe in what you were talking about before i've heard it called the self-actualizing tendency Mm -hmm. i mean in in this in this in this case with my with my at that time one and a half year old it was more of a self-preservation instinct but in the case of the teens with the with the you know, just making the right decision. It's, it's like a self-actualizing tendency. There is a way in which, yeah, if, okay, if we have the story about human nature, about ourselves, about our kids, that, you know, we're basically like, we basically are lazy, and we basically will just make unhealthy, short-term, hedonistic decisions without, you know, without being forced to do the right thing, well then, we're gonna probably see it as our duty, our and uh, as parents, to get in there and coerce the heck out of them,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so that they don't make all these really short-sighted bad decisions. And and there you go. And mm. but but so yeah. So there is an element where this this the view of human nature is is important. And part of what self-determination theory does is it says, okay, well, let's actually ask those questions and not just kind of come up with a compelling story, but let's actually research it. Let's Mm -hmm. spend four decades, (laughs) you know, answering those exact questions. What happens when we do this? What happens happens when we support people's autonomy to make those choices for themselves versus we act in a controlling way? And and they've showed over and 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 over that supporting autonomy leads to better outcomes. In in every single context, in every context that they've tested it, it's come out that way. They've tested it with adults. They've tested it with kids. They've tested it in the U.S. They've tested it in lots of other countries with not just like in Canada but in um, Beijing they've t- tested it in um, Hungary Right. They, they've tested it in all of you know Greece in in right I don't know why I, s- I chose Beijing instead of China but anyway they've tested it take two they've tested it in China anyway so um and they've tested uh, uh, in in different um, contexts. They've tested it with uh, elite athletes. They've tested it in weight loss programs. They've tested it in school with kids in college in in elementary school. I mean, on and on. They've tested it in the home. So it's pretty like there's a a robust degree of scientific psychological literature showing that this is actually helpful because this self actualizing tendency really does exist. Mm-hmm. It's not just a nice thing to think positively about people. It's like no this actually exists and and if we align ourselves with it magic happens. Yes. And when we and the problem with coercion is that it aligns itself against that and you can get some short term wins in that Mm -hmm. uh, using that strategy but it's not a good long-term strategy because in the end our self-actualizing tendency it's like you know grass growing up through concrete Mm. it seems like how could that possibly ever happen how could that dandelion crack through the sidewalk yes i don't know but it does Mm -hmm. you see it happen all the time it's crazy but it, but nature is just stronger than we, mm. we often give it credit for, and, and human nature is part of that.
1: Okay, so yes, and then it made me, I know it made me think of something though. It made me think about, and and I want to get to, I want to get to you explaining some of we this. Might in the, oh, we might need a part my goodness. I we might. But I do want, because I want to get to yeah. you explaining the actual theory, because right. it'll help to like ground some okay. of this, but yes. speaking of ground and yeah. dandelions, yeah. it made me think about one of the challenges in parenting. Okay. Which is often, I think, there's a way that we we believe that we sort of know what we want for our child. Mm -hmm. So, so like the idea of nature and like self-actualizing is there's this word and it's called self, and it's this thing that's like that me, like the the me that I am needs to self-actualize in my own unique way, and there might be some ways that a human being. Like we can, we know that there has been a pl- plenty of you know studies that show like human beings go through these type of evolutionary stages as a, you know from birth to death, say. But like me, I'm like a unique person, and you know you're a unique person, and and um every child we raise is their own unique person. And one of the challenges that I see is um, that as our child is growing, um, there's a way that we may be wanting to sort of guide them down a path like the path that we believe will be the let's just say you have a very artistic child this is a good example from what i i can imagine like i've I've watched i've observed that you can have a very artistic child and he then he or she is just like so creative but there's a way that you're kind of like well being an artist is kind of hard in life it's harder, you know, you might not, it's harder to be successful in the, in a traditional way of calling what success is. And, you know, we're parents and we want our kids to be safe and successful and healthy and happy. And so we're like kind of steering them toward, like, you got to do well in school. And the kid really wants to just be pouring their hearts into their art or their heart into their art. And, um, So we're really encouraging them to do well in school and they're really pushing up against what they want to do. So it's a way that we're sort of like, um, we might be going against their unique path of self-actualization. And so it feels like there's a way that we have to have, we, we must be in line, like aligned with their path. Like, do you know what I'm yes, saying? Like, I how totally do we? Do. I totally yeah. Do. So how? So how is a parent? Do we navigate when we have that type of sort of? We may think we know better than they know. Like, well, we can't just let you only do your art. You must do well in school as well, and you really should go get a college education, or you really should, you know, you should. It goes <laughs> back to I like mean, the should, like <laughs> you should do yeah, this, yeah. and you know.
0: I, I think. I mean. let's, let's use this example to there's a, there's so many points to make here. Okay. But part of the problem is literally every situation is, is, is as unique as the individual. So, um, you know, and, and the, in the conversation can take different tones. Like I've seen it go where there's a, 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 a teen with some, with some talent some artistic talent and a parent who also has some unlived artistic potential mm. and they're going the opposite way where they're like pushing almost like hyping up the the you know the artistic path as like what really matters and you know, Mm -hmm. and, and almost in the opposite. So, so I've sure it it can go so many different ways. Okay. Okay. But coming back to the way you, you kind of said it, which is, I think more common, frankly, it's, um, where, where, where the, the child is really naturally artistically gifted. And that is a, you're the way I hear you describing it. It's not just like a hobby. It's like a calling. Mm -hmm. And so there's a number of things in there. One is, um, you know i think one one thing to say is that you can say hey look you i i am a hundred percent supportive of, of you and of your art and you can't use it as an excuse not to fulfill your responsibilities to school
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and those and and so those it's not it's not an either or right um but but i could see some, some way in which you go, okay, your, your path is really not academic. I mean, like, I remember when I learned that Tiger Woods got, was like a 4.0 student. I was like, oh, he, he's, he wasn't, I could, I I could imagine myself if I was like this golf phenom, phenom, uh, I could imagine myself going like, why am I going to bother with school? Mm-hmm. Who cares? This is mm-hmm. pointless. I'm mm-hmm. going to be a multimillionaire. <laughs> right. But he, uh, so that, I remember that struck me when I learned that and I thought he must really just have a competitive spirit that comes out in, in any right endeavor, or maybe it's a, a, a striving for excellence, mm-hmm. right. Or both. And so that made me realize like, oh yeah, you could be a world class level athlete, but also care about. Or or maybe not even care about but still perform high high right. well in school, right? So but I mean
1: he he also it could have also come easy to him. We don't really know. Right. Right? We don't, well, we probably do know. Someone probably does know that answer the answer to that know about
0: knows. him. We could ask, <laughs> we could ask Tiger, him. Tiger Tiger. We feel have a question for you. Colin or Oh Hank.
1: Tiger, right. We will interview you
0: if yeah. you call. <laughs> This took such a weird turn. But anyway, I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. I I get what you're saying, though, on that, that part okay. of it. So, that's so interesting. It yeah. doesn't
0: have to be in conflict, first right, of all. Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, there's sort of an unchecked assumption. Like, oh, my gosh, my child is so into art, they're just not going to want to do school. Well, why would those two things have to be in conflict? Mm-hmm. Okay, point one. Point two is um, to, talking honestly. I think one thing one thing a mistake that a parent, a parent I, from my perspective and I think from the theoretical standpoint a, a, a mistake a parent could make would be to sort of make that decision in advance for the child like well being an artist that's a really tough career choice so I'm gonna like I'm I'm just gonna step in and redirect right okay so but I think a more autonomy supportive approach would be to just not sugarcoat and say yeah. hey like I am 100% again I'm 100% supportive of you and of your art and you know and you don't have to decide this now you're only 16 yeah. or you're only 10 or 12 you know um, or you're only 22 <laughs> right, <laughs> right Right? True. I mean um, you don't have to decide this now once and for all but it is important to understand that the the business of art is a different from the art of art and and mixing the two it changes it and um and it might be a it might not be enjoyable for you to try to turn your art into a business and b it might um even if you aren't opposed to it it might be really difficult it could be a really difficult path and if you want to, if you still want to go down that path, like I support you, but let's not sugarcoat it. Yep. And, um, and also, you know, there are ways to like, you could, you could make your art into business or you could bring your artistic nature into another field. That's not trying to create art and sell it. And so and so having that conversation and looking at the options and exploring them, I think would be more helpful than just, you know, preemptively deciding like you're going to be a doctor.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and the problem is that the if you don't explore it, it sort of goes back to our role play about going to the gym. If you don't leave, the, if you don't open up the space for that then the, the part of the, the child that does feel genuinely called and actually has some talent for the art feels like it's being stifled. It's being shut out of the conversation. And it's going to create all these stories of like, I could have been, what could have been? I could have been great. Mm. I could have made it if I, it wasn't mm-hmm. for my damn parents or whatever. And either, you know, that part's going to want to sabotage the, the other path.
1: Yes.
0: The the person, just coming back to this idea of being sort of in conflict with oneself, the the person isn't going to be fully aligned with their new path. Whereas if you bring the whole person along and allow room for Mm -hmm. that conversation to happen, they can be more integrated and more whole. And it's it's Mm -hmm. just more um, effective.
1: Yeah. And... When a person, when I think about this as it relates to self-determination theory and when we are talking about like autonomy and competence and relatedness, I think what happens in that situation too is that Anytime, I, this is one of the things that I've been really trying to instill in my kids lately is this idea that your life is not starting when you go to college and your life doesn't start after college. Your, your life is started. <laughs> well, yeah. You're in your life that's right great. now. Like yeah. that's This, this is, is your life. Yeah. And I don't want you to sacrifice today for tomorrow. Hmm. And so if I am willing to allow my whole child to be present, and then look at the balance of all of their, their personhood. Um, and I don't make them sacrifice one part for another part. And, um, I mean, cause we really can, as much as like, I, I wish it wasn't true as, as parents, we really can, like, we can really sort of like ask them to turn off a part of themselves. I heard someone yesterday at the, um, at the barber or whatever, that they were, the kid, the parent, two moms were talking about their kids and their kids are in seventh, seventh grade. And one of them said to the other mom, well, we, um, last year was the last year for them. So what's seventh grade? How old are we in seventh grade? Like 12. 12. Okay. Last year was the last year that we allowed him to do sports for fun. Now the kid is sitting right there with her. No more sports for fun. No more just like, um, playing sports that they love to play just for the sake of playing because um, the stakes are too high and the so he's only playing the sports that he's actually playing competitively now because so so in other words he can't play flag football because flag football he could get hurt and if he does get hurt just by playing around well what will it do to lacrosse and basketball and that's not to say that there I mean there's so, there's so much of that is really just semantics because to me it's like well wait if they are they are they having fun when they're playing lacrosse and basketball you know because it's almost like no so you can no longer play the sport that you just liked to do that wasn't competitive and you can play these other two sports but we haven't actually like determined does he like doing those sports you know like and maybe he does and so it might just be one of those things where the language sounded funny to me But it does go to the place of like, wait a second, let's just make sure, let's just check in every once in a while with like, are you being brought, is all of you being encouraged to be at the table here in your life? Yeah. And so that when it comes to the art example, it's like, you know, just saying kind of, it's like what you said though, it's not, it's not either or it's a, it's about the holding of the entire child. And in my opinion, it's ideal if we're able to be the one that does be like the the um it's like the the keeper if you will of their potential and i don't mm. mean it like in this i don't mean yeah. it in the sense that we own it but yeah. like i'm the one that's it's it's like me as the parent it's it's my like responsibility to be like holding as big as that needs to be right like always looking at how big does that need to be for you to be fully here in your life in this moment yeah and how do i have to adjust my expectations and my way of looking at you so that you can reach your human potential yes you know what i mean yeah
0: well and 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 it reminds me of something that i wanted to say earlier in response to this point that you 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 brought up about about us holding uh, about us seeing the potential of another i i kind of think that that's Necessary, Not just nice to have, it's a need to have in the sense that I think that we we come into life with, I think babies, we're all born with this unique kind of flavor, okay? But we can't necessarily see or reflect on that. We haven't might have some sense of it, but it's hard to always be in touch mm-hmm, with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that seeing our own truth uniqueness does to some extent come from the outside in maybe, maybe to a large extent in the same way that we learn language,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we learn language from the outside in. It's through relationship, which, mm-hmm. you know, comes back to attachment,
2: yeah.
0: right? It's through relationship that we learn everything really, or so much, you know, about culture and language and, uh, and also about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when somebody outside of us gives us a reflection of of ourselves and it lands, meaning it, 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 it accurately reflects something that, um, is, is actually in there. Mm -hmm. It illuminates it for Mm -hmm. us and we feel seen. And we also not only, it's not only relational, it's also self-illuminating because when we feel seen, we go, oh, and we know ourselves that much Mm -hmm. better. And so. Um, I have said that to students when they are really not believing in themselves. They're really just plagued with self-doubt. I said, look, sometimes when we're really doubting our abilities, we need to rely on others who believe in us. Mm. If we can't believe in ourselves, we can. but maybe somebody who we do trust, who we do value and respect their opinion, we can turn to them and they believe in us and you can believe in them believing in you until you can believe in yourself and and that works it works because i think it is the natural i think it is how how it it works anyway is that we see someone who we are looking up to who we care about who we have we have esteemed as um some like a healthy authority figure we look at them and they see and we see them looking back at us and and seeing that potential and it and it feels accurate and it feels true and we go oh and that's how we form our identity mm. our positive identity mm.
1: But I want to just emphasize something that you said, yes. and I know this is what you mean, and you yeah, said it. Please. But I just want to be there's like a, a lot little more nuance emphatic about it. I know, because it because what you said is that it's true and authentic, because yeah. that's the key thing. It so, aligns,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, because like sometimes what a kid needs is for you to be able also to meet them in their self doubt. And I don't mean acknowledging Mm, and saying, but mm. like sometimes the kid needs like I have I've been uh, in times with friends where, you know, I they're having a lot of self-doubt and I notice that I first have to meet them in the self-doubt of like, so you're feeling like there's no way you can do that, you know, Mm, and they're able to say, yeah, like, you know, I mean, how am I going to do it They're You know, I it's too much. It's just I can't take it on. I can't do that thing or whatever. And I'm there just first supporting that they're just in their doubt. And then I might offer it. Well ask- when you're
0: seeing you're you're actually seeing them another part of them.
1: Exactly. It's
0: still it's actually kind of the same thing in a way. It is. You're seeing that real you're like going, I see this this part of you.
1: Yeah, and and if you keep going to the parts thing, there's always in us, so many parts, and the one there can be a self-doubting part that also knows there's a glimmer of, like, I also know that mm-hmm. I'm awesome, you know, and I also know I can do that or something like that. Yeah. And so there's a way that I I like to um, just remember that when we talk about this, that it's you know, if a kid comes home and says something like, "I'm so stupid, I can't figure out the you know this math homework or whatever," the first thing we might want to say to them might be to acknowledge the you know the part that's speaking in the moment, if if we meet that part with another, and like we say something like, you're not stupid at all, don't say that, right, whatever. Right, what happens right. is you're kind of meeting them not where they are. Right. So to start with like meeting them with like... like you're so actually you're feeling,
0: invalidating. You're
1: invalidating their experience part, in that, that, that moment. Yeah, that part in the moment.
0: That's That has those voices. And it's like not that we want to agree with those yeah you're right you, you are, are stupid <laughs> <laughs> right. right it's but that's why it's important that you're 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 saying wow i really get i really get that a part of you feels this way
1: yeah exactly and then there's an invitation that can be offered perhaps once they've sort of settled into because sometimes you can say that to a person they're like no 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 i don't really feel like i'm i don't i know i'm not stupid I just feel stupid when I'm doing this or I know that about myself, you know, and they might be able to even find the other part. Yeah. But there is a way that I also know exactly what you're talking about, which is there have been times when I'm in self-doubt about something. And if I go to the right person mm-hmm. and I usually try to trust who's that right person and I go to that right person, I can even ask the person like I need I need you to remind me that I'm capable of doing this because but that's yeah. because I know that I am. Yeah, I just have a sh- like a veil of self-doubt. Exactly. And so that's why I think that we have to be super careful that we are genuine in the way we deliver it, because some people just like what's that word like, you know, you kind of like um, like blow smoke, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not authentic. And you're just like, you're great. You can do that. And it's sort of just like a it's like a little bit of like more cheerleading. Yeah rather than a real reflection of like right, I right, have right. seen you go do hard things before and I have so much faith in you that you can do that is so different than like you're great you're awesome I you know I, I I know you can do this there's a way that we can deliver it that I think can meet a person where they are that can land as truth even when we're not sure about ourselves
0: yeah I think that I think that one way to get at that distinction is like, if we're trying to sort of boost self esteem, Mm -hmm. right, I'm just sort of or like, sort of, come on, you're great, right? And telling someone something positive versus reflecting something true. Yes. And they could be, I mean, you're great is sort of general, Mm -hmm. right? And that's part of it. I think, I think something that's more specific and is going to land as more honest and more accurate because it's not, because it, you can't get, you, the the more specific it is, the more accurate it has to be for it to land. So, so that specificity makes it so, oh, you're it's kind of like, you know, reading a horoscope. It's like, if you read a horoscope and it says good things will happen to you you're like that could really apply to anyone yes (laughs) but if it said you're gonna find a 20 dollar bill under the subway (laughs) train t at five o'clock you're like that's pretty specific (laughs) right so you can really and then if you if you actually did find the 20 on that at that time i mean you'd be like damn they're good damn they're good (laughs) right right so so yeah so um we 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 got through basically a whole episode and we didn't talk about the one main thing we were going to talk about
1: okay so about this session this this recording and then about our next episode so i just want to say yes like how did we do that what i think we did though is we did talk a little bit about i think the main thing we like we like sort of queued up here Mm -hmm. is the idea that motivation is different than what most people think it is oh yeah and that we don't understand motivation and that what we usually think is like motivation is like willpower and kind of you know, a little bit of like, you know, dogma, just, just it, do yeah, it, make yeah. it happen. And that we are motivated and that we have a choice, like that we are either motivated or we are lazy. And so I think next time our thoughts are, we're going to talk about um, a little bit about that whole motivation versus lazy yes. thing. And then also we're going to talk about, and I'm going to, I know this is what you want to, like, you're go itching because you have a no, no, book in ahead. front of you, is the continuum of motivation, which I, which to me is like kind of, taking what we just talked about and then putting language around it which i feel that even like in today's conversation i would have never used the word self-endorsed before like in when you were asking me questions i was able to i had language for things i didn't have before that helped me to feel like i was more like empowered in my like i knew myself better so i'm appreciating that so i do appreciate our um Desire to go deeper into into yes, the, yeah. it the actually, actual
0: theory. It, it actually is helpful. The it, language it really is, is. And, and and I've said before, like I I I've, I don't love that phrase self-endorsed, but it actually once once you get you kind of get what they're saying, it's helpful. It's helpful, and it is specific, and it means something, and and you can feel when your actions are self-endorsed. And when they're yeah. not, and yeah. when they're not, it feels really different. And, right. and there's a different quality of motivation available when things are self-endorsed and when they're not.
1: For sure, I think motivation is something that all of us can relate to because it's not just motivation for our um, how to motivate our children.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's also about it's us. For us. Okay. <laughs> and on that right. note, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we. I hope personally, I really hope <laughs> that you will join us next week when we talk about the spectrum of motivation
1: and i hope that too (laughs) and i also hope but it's totally up to you up to you that i also hope that you will uh, rate us especially if it's a five but anyway but we hope that you will actually you know give us your feedback you know we we're open we would love to hear what you think about what we're doing here what you'd like more of and also, um, if you're liking it, we would love it for you to share. For you to share,
0: if you want, if you want, if you feel like that's authentic,
1: <laughs> we want you to be self-endorsed.
0: Self-endorsed,
1: and um, and then lastly, um, to subscribe. Just don't forget that if you don't hit the subscribe button, then you don't get our updated episodes, and uh, we just don't want you to miss out on all of this goodness. All right. Thanks that's people. It. 拜拜